Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hand. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about your faith and work, today we're talking about, hey, I'm successful, but now what? And we have Mark Clark in studio today, a very good friend of mine, a longtime friend of mine, friend of mine. But Martha, we still let him in the studio, didn't we? <laughs> we sure did. Yeah, well, that's a long, long discussion. Before we get started with Mark Clark, I want to read this scripture. Joshua one eight says, "Study this book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do." Mark Clark. Welcome to the I Work For Him show. Well, thanks, Jim. Appreciate you having us up here. Yeah, well, we'll see if you still feel that way at the end of the show. Well, after I had to beat my way through the door, you wouldn't let me in, so it's... Yeah, you know. well, just kind of concerned. Well, and you brought your wife with you, but she won't come on the studio on the show today. But we like to say, welcome to Tana Clark. She's in the studio, but unwilling to speak. But thank you that you're here. <laughs> and you, you want to say hi to any of your kids that are listening today? No. They're not listening, are they? <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. That's okay. All right, Mark, before we get started with our discussion... 
Yeah, that's right. Before we get started, I'm going to get in trouble over dinner. I understand, yeah. but that's okay. It's good that our friend Mark Pearson will be buying dinner tonight. Yes, it's he will. so awesome. He doesn't know it yet, but that's okay. But that, that's good. And those of you that know me, yes, Mark Clark and I are friends because of my longtime friend, Mark Pearson, who I grew up with in church in Minneapolis, who I met when I was 15, and thank God was the only one of my buddies... You're going to be in trouble. <laughs> he was, he's the only one of my buddies that I still talk to every day. Something like that. No, no, that's not what it is either. But I got, the, I got, I got, I got told I you have to move, move on. on. I got to move on. I'm moving on, Martha. I'm moving on. You can't tell youth group stories on the radio. I can't. Those yes, days are over. I can, too. I can tell youth group stories. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Listen, Mark, tell us how Christ is making a difference in your life today. Oh, well, that's a, that's a really big... Uh, I know, it's a loaded question. It's a loaded question. Uh, you know, it's a day-to-day thing. Uh, we've been called, I work in the, I'm a CFP, I work in the money business. Um, and the neat thing is, money is the second most talked about topic in the Bible. And the cool thing is, I'm watching things unfold and opportunities to impact uh, not just businesses, but helping the businesses impact the people that they serve. And I'm watching baby steps become real as some of these business owners think of a different way that they uh, can come up with to make kingdom impact. I, I think we're all raised in, with the mindset of, you know, the plate comes by at church and we drop some, some cha-ching in there and, uh, and we move on. And there are different ways. You know, there's, you know, God's math is not our math. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about... Um, the loaves and fishes. How do you how do you do that multiplication? And can God really do those things in your business? I, I believe He can. God created math. He can work outside of math, just like He created time. He can work outside of time. That's right. It's awesome. All right. So listen, you're in the Sarasota community. You're actually Lakewood Ranch community. Talk talk about your church involvement, your family involvement. And you got a, you got a huge family. You got tons of grandkids. You know, <laughs> you're involved in the community. You've been a kingdom advisor for a long time. I mean, just talk about your involvement down there in that community. Uh, yeah, great. I'm not even 50 yet. I got another. I mean days, hon. I've got another week and a half. She's not talking on the radio today, so she can't answer that question. She's pushed way... If she's willing to say hello, then she can answer that question. (laughs) Yeah, she pushed way back from the microphone. And we have four uh, uh, kids. They're not kids anymore. No, they're... Well, Uh, well, yeah, no. Yeah, three daughters, so... Twenty. The girls are twenty six, twenty four, and twenty two. Two of them are married. Uh, our son is eighteen, and he's a senior at Lakewood Ranch High School playing baseball. And uh, we have four grandkids. We have three grandsons and a granddaughter who is costing me a small fortune. And we go, <laughs> we go buy pop. Yeah, there was GS. a song. There was a song about that. It's only just me. Yeah, that's that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so we, got, we got to really multiply some talent so I can keep that little growing. That's right. That's good. Listen, I asked you as we were talking about you guys coming up here today. I asked you what you were passionate about. So, and and you said helping Christian business people recognize that their success comes from God, and then if God is making them successful, they should look at how God can use their success for Him. So, how is it that Christian business people should look at their success? Well, it, you know. To pull one of the things that you said in the uh, in your opening comments, looking at things differently, you know, I, I think the if, paradigm shift, the paradigm. I, I like that. <laughs> well, I say that because if people look up paradigm, they'll never figure out how it's spelled, and if they don't know what a paradigm shift is, yeah, they'll never spell it right when they're looking it up. Yeah. So you know, n- none of us know everything we, that there is on the planet. But if you if you drew a circle, and that circle represented everything that is known in the universe, okay. So just picture if you're driving along, picture a circle. Everything that is known in the universe is in that circle. Well, you may know, I may know, maybe one or two slices of the pie worth of knowledge. 
Okay. And then there's another two slices. What kind of pie was that, though? Uh, blueberry. Okay, I like blueberry pie. Okay, with whipped cream on top of it. Yeah, I'm kind of a blueberry purist, aren't oh, I, Martha? You know, I had to ruin it. Yeah. Anyway, there are two more slices th- that represent things that you know you don't know anything about. Like, I know I can't do brain surgery. That, that's, that's just a fact. I can't do it. Uh, in fact, I can't fix things. That's, I'm not a handyman. Um, so Tana has to do the fixing at home? No, we call somebody. Like, oh, call that's somebody. what son-in-laws are for. Ah. Come over and fix this. You know, <laughs> Got it. it's, it's awesome. All you have to do is feed them. Of course, they're going to come eat anyway. But anyway. You might as well work for food. That's right. Right. So it's, it's that, there, you know, those two slices of pie that you know you don't know about. And then there's all the stuff that you have no idea that you don't know. And I think too many times we operate. That's represented by strawberry rhubarb pie because it doesn't make sense. Well, that's an awesome pie. I like that. But it's right. It doesn't make sense to some people because, you know, they don't appreciate it or they don't know it or they don't like it. But then there's a sliver of the pie. Go back to the first two pieces of the stuff that you know. And there's a small sliver of that piece of the pie that represents the stuff you know, but you're incorrect. And we have spent a lifetime of, you know, doing things one way, and we just expect that that's the way it's going to work forever and a day. And there's some moving parts in the finance world, and it's the tax code, (laughs) you know. That's a moving part. Yeah, I'm not going there. Well, no, no, you can go there, but you have to step very quickly onto the soapbox and back off again. Yeah, the tax code. Yeah, they're going to reform the tax code. You know what that looks like? They're going to add another 15,000 pages. Well, yeah, you know, it's kind of like this is a really cool story. Uh, If you've ever played Monopoly, if you know the rules and you use the rules to your advantage, not breaking the rules, not doing anything illegal or immoral, not saying that. But we were playing Monopoly one time with the kids at the house, and this young man was over, and he made a transaction. And I said, wait a minute, you can't do that and he said here's the rule book show me where i can't i'll be dipped if that dude wasn't right and i couldn't say he couldn't do it because he used the rules to make a deal and ended up winning the game made me even matter but uh you know (laughs) here's kid whoops me but the point is you don't know what you don't know and if you don't know all the rules and the regulations and the things that you have and i think oftentimes professionals you know cpas uh, attorneys other business professionals insurance people alike uh, they're they're taught in a in a in a world that has been kind of repetitive, and it's time to think outside the box. All right, so that that box we've got it. Let's develop that box because you know, Martha, you and I, when we first got exposed to Crown Financial Ministries back in 1999, we had never ever heard before that. Really, we thought we knew everything there was the Bible had to say about money because we were tithing. Right. But we learned a lot from Crown Ministries that really shifted our paradigm forever. Yes. Talk about talk about what it meant to you. Well, I think for us as a business owner, because we were owned, we owned an insurance agency together. Really, just the way we viewed our money is really what it. I think a lot of what it changed in us because we saw where Scripture directly um, reflected what God's heart was, and um, we didn't have that. All right, so you wanted Mark to title this today. Hey, I'm successful. Now what? So, a Christian, if a Christian business person is successful, how th- how should they be looking at their success? Well, I, I think they should be looking at their success of how can I continue to grow this. You know, you you look at the parable of the talents in Matthew, and you know the master to the to the servants, which were really managers, didn't say, "Hey, dudes, go get a job somewhere else, or go on the ministry and tell me go in the mission field and tell me how many people or how much." You, no, he, he said, "Go take these talents and invest them for a return, uh, so that you know the the rewards come back to the master." and People are given certain talents. Uh, you know, like I said, we've talked about this. I can't, I'm not a handyman. I can't fix anything. Well, I can, but it ends up 
somebody, I got to pay somebody Usually to undo it. It cost me more <laughs> money to do it twice. You know what I'm saying? That never happened at our house, did it, honey? <laughs> yeah. My so, first oil change. Yeah. yeah. I have one of those stories. They had to get a jackhammer to take the uh, the pan off, and I ended up buying a whole new pan because I, anyway, it's a whole other story. But, you know, when you think about the, the, the talents, we're, we've, been, we've been given a blessing or a gift of a manager. So I'm a manager working for the master, and I'm good at certain things. So if you're good at growing your business and you're making money, and, and I think I talk to a, a lot of people who say, well, you, you know, the first half of my life or, you know, when I get done with this, I'm going to sell everything and I'm going to go on the mission field. Well, if you thought just a little bit different about that, you've already got a machine that's, that you know, if you take the Crown Financial financial Ministries mindset, God owns it all. So he already owns his business. Mm-hmm. He's given it to you. Why would he want to have somebody else run it when he's, you know, maybe you're in it 10, 20, 25 years. You have the ability to manage it to where you have the opportunity to make it grow even more so that you could potentially give more to the kingdom. And then on top of it, you know, I I work with an organization called National Christian Foundation. They've got some great videos, nationalchristianfoundation.org. You can go check out their website. But they're people that have taken their business and actually turned it into a ministry to where all the employees have something that they can buy into to make an impact. And you think about the people that you've been uh, tasked or been given stewardship over to guide them. What an impact you can make because maybe they can't write a $1,000 check, but they can increase their production and they have a mindset of saying, this business, everything that I'm doing is going to have a kingdom impact. Um, and now they're part of a big picture because everybody wants to be on a winning team. Well, and really, that's the book I'm going to highlight today is Halftime. And really, in, in, the, in the book Halftime by Bob Buford, it talks about the fact that, you know, a lot of us reach midlife and we're thinking, okay, I've been successful. Now what? They ask that question. And it's... It, the whole, it's about the paradigm shift to look at the shift from chasing success to pursuing significance. But the pursuit of significance doesn't mean you have to leave your business to pursue significance. Right. That that God can actually, you know, allow you. To, I mean, a lot of a lot of people will go to their halftime conferences or go through a whole year of halftime uh, mentoring. And th- at the end of the year, they make a decision. OK, do I sell everything and go off into a into a paid kind of a ministry deal? Or do I go back into my business and start looking at it as a ministry? And, and that's the decision they're asking people to make. And it's powerful because that's a shift. It's just a shift in a mindset. Well, if you if you go back into the business and you, and you keep your business hat on and you have all of the rules, regs, the tax stuff, all the, you know, the ticky tack daily stuff that we deal with. And, and you step out of that business world into, you know, a ministry world. You've left all those planning opportunities behind. You've left all those leverage opportunities behind. So when we sit down with a client, uh, you know, planning type situation, and you know, many of my fellow Kingdom Advisor uh, folks will, will relate to this. And when you sit down with a, with a client to say, I, "I want a succession plan," you know, I've been running this business forever and a day. I'm tired. Well, maybe your job isn't to sell it and get rid of it. Maybe your job is to raise up the next generation and put us in an environment, put the business in an environment where you're you're mentoring them to take over, so that you can spend two weeks a quarter on the mission field. Is there a difference in your mind between a succession plan and a perpetuation plan? I mean, you're talking a succession plan is a leadership succession plan, but to me, a lot of business owners don't do either. They don't do the succession plan or the perpetuation plan. How are they going to keep the business running 
after they're no longer even alive. I mean, do you, I mean, when you're working with people, do you talk with them about both? Yeah, we we do. And I, I, the interesting thing is, a lot of folks don't stop and think about that. You don't stop and think. Yeah, they they have this mindset of I'm tired. This business is wearing me slap out, and I'm going to get to you know 65, cash my chips in, and go do something else. Well, you've just spent a lifetime mastering things, and you, you know. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell's book, he talks about uh, all the hours you have to put in. I mean, it's 10,000 hours you have to put into something to master it. And you think about those hours that you've put in to master something only to say, okay, Lord, I'm done with this. I'm going to sell this and give it to somebody who may or may not be a master. And now I'm going to go do something else. Well, I don't know if I'm old enough to have spent 10,000 hours at anything yet. <laughs> not yet. Yeah, you so are. So you haven't mastered it. Right, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I am. Uh, that's for sure. Okay, so so when we come back from the break, I really want to talk about, okay, so let's just say that this Christian business person's talent is growing wealth, that through their business, they're growing wealth. How how can they put that to use for the kingdom, for missions, for church planning, for whatever wherever their heart is? is that God has laid on them, whatever God has, has put them in. I, w- I really want you to address that because I think you, you talk to a lot of people about it. Absolutely. About that, don't you? I'd love to. All right. We're in studio with Mark Clark from Nepsis Capital Management. That'll help pay for dinner again, right, Mark? Absolutely. Uh, but before we get back to Mark and the conversation about, okay, if I'm gifted in in succeeding and generating wealth, what should I be doing with that? But we've got to do it as we always do. Our book highlight segment brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Karis Christian Books and Gifts has been part of the Largo community for over 29 years, almost 30 years, right, honey? That's right. That's right. Their 2,400 square foot store is open to the public. Seven days a week. Check them out online at shopcaris.com. That's shop. C-H-A-R-I-S.com. Be the first person to call into the studio line and talk to the I, I can't call you the lovely Ivan. That <laughs> no, would be right. Talk to Ivan on the studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929, and I'll send you a copy of the book that we're highlighting today, Compliments of My Wife, Martha, and Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Our book today is Halftime, written by Bob Buford. Let me give you a short explanation. If you're struggling to find meaning in your work life, you may need a paradigm shift. Halftime will provide just that. Instead of pursuing a life filled just with the Pursuit of success, pursue a life filled with significance. Find out more about the book that led to huge changes in my life. Fantastic book that I read in January of 2004. It's why I'm here on the air. Call into the studio line 855-265-2929. That's 855-265-2929. And remember, you need to read this book. Don't wait for the movie. All right, we're back live and in studio. And just so everybody knows, if you're calling in to buy, get the book today, 855-265-2929, I had a buddy of mine, Bob Cater, out of Atlanta. He was on the air late last fall. He bought me an entire case of halftime to give away to my listeners. So those are also compliments of my wife, Martha, and my good friend, Bob Cater, out of, the, out of Atlanta, Georgia. Call in, get your copy of Halftime today, 855-265-2929. If you want to know what God's got for you next, read this book. Martha, you had a question for Mark. I did. Well, other than the fact that I'm kind of hungry, I was thinking about the pie analogy, and now I need to have blueberry pie tonight. But um, I just wanted to make sure that we really had finished that whole conversation about the pie. So I was curious if there was a wrap-up. Yeah, I think the wrap-up is just the the fact of... 
putting the knowledge of the universe on a pictorial type of mm-hmm. setting where you can actually see it and then quadranting out what you know, what you know you don't know, and then all the other stuff that you have no clue that even exists. But more importantly, the piece of the pie that you think you know that ends up not being the truth and fact you know, whatsoever. So here's a question that I have. And the question is, if what you know to be true turns out not to be true, when would you like to know? Well, <laughs> well some of us like to live in ignorance because ignorance can be bliss. Uh, but if you're going to call yourself a Christ follower, you want to know right away if you don't know what you don't know and you need to know so you're not wrong about it. I want to know now. Uh, most people do. No, most people do not. No, they do not. They want to know now when you have this conversation. But they do not. No, when you have the if, conversation. Yes. If, if you, if, I would tell you the majority of people want to live in ignorance. They don't really want to know the truth. Well, I think most people are too busy. They're, they're just, they're, they have the old mentality. And I'm, I'm agreeing with you, really, in, in the long run here. They, you've got your head down Please chopping wood. Please note that. It's, uh, you know... Please note it on the calendar. We agreed on something. <laughs> One time. But, you know, we're so busy, you know, in the forest chopping trees down in whatever our business is that sometimes we don't step back and step out and look at where we're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, if we're being good stewards, if, if God owns everything and he's in control, he's given us that business to steward. And he didn't give it to us uh, just to, you know, run into the ground or make a bunch of money and do nothing with it. But I think you got to bring into another, bring another book into the conversation, and that's The Treasure Principle by mm-hmm. Randy Alcorn. Mm-hmm. When you step back... As long as you're willing to give away a copy. I can give away some copies. Okay. All right. I, I, I'll, I'll, no problem. We got All right. So copies. if you call in the studio line, you want one of those, 855-265-2929. Mark <laughs> Clark will give you a copy of The Treasure Principle. No problem. We got a whole case. But when you look at what you're doing with your business, you got to have eternal purposes in mind. All right, so when we come back, lots more about that. What should you be doing with the success that God has given you? What's next up for you? We're live and in studio this Friday afternoon talking with Mark Clark. Mark Clark, the most famous guy out of Sarasota, and his beautiful wife, Tana, is in studio, but she's refusing to say hello to the audience. She's ready to say she's, hi. Oh, you're going to say hi now, Tana? Hi. Okay, say hello, Tana. Hello. Okay, very nice, very nice. All right, so she's now said hello on the air. It wasn't so bad. All right, we're talking about ask, answering this question. I'm successful. Now what? Mark, this is a passion on your heart. Talk to me about where we can go with this next. You know, once somebody recognizes, okay, they don't necessarily know all the answers to the question on what now? Well, the cool thing is the options are, are almost endless. Mm-hmm. Um and I think the biggest thing is you have to take time to work on your business and not just work in your business. Um, my good friends at the National Christian Foundation uh, have a... Did, did Bob a, Collins keep... I mean, how much did Bob Collins pay for all these free plugs? To I, I don't even know that Bob knows that I'm here today, but Bob's an awesome I know. Dude. Bob's been in that chair many yeah. times. He's a great guy. And if he told the story or painted the picture of the iceberg... Uh, when you when you t- look at an iceberg, you know you see what ten fifteen percent of it, well, if that much. The the rest of it's all under the water. Oh yeah, he and, shared this on there. Made me depressed. Yeah, the top is the cash, and the bottom is everything else, the assets, the things that we have. You have a business. Oh, wait, so as long as you said that, let me just say what he said in that chair. This was like eight nine months ago. He said, and in Tampa Bay, the iceberg under the water represents two hundred billion dollars of frozen Christian assets that are not working for the kingdom. Hmm. Absolutely. And, and it's, That's in Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's huge. So when you when you back up and you say, okay, what business planning can I do 
to make an impact with my business. And you know what? If I'm the business owner, how can I go? How can I use the assets I have to go? Because there are just so many opportunities that you have. In addition to that, it's the, the, the people that you're leading that work for you in your business. All right, but let's get some practical stuff. Let's say I'm a business owner. I've been successful. I've been running my business for 15 or 20 years. I'm kind of bored with the day to day, but but I'm but I'm all of a sudden waking up to the idea. Wow, my workplace is my mission field. Hmm. But I'm successful. How do I take that transition from? Oh, okay, I recognize that this is from the Lord. He's given me this. Maybe I should just sell everything and go into ministry. But you're saying, no, we desperately need those people to stay in their businesses Absolutely. and do what? Absolutely. You you can do advanced planning strategies. Like For a quick example, you could create a, a charitable LLC, a charitable corporation, that you can move money from your business into that charitable entity that you can use to fund ministries. So, you know, think about this. If you're saying, you know, I've grown the business, I'm successful, I don't have any more fight in me. What if you grew it another 10 or 15% and you took that 10 or 15% and, you know, gave another 10% of tithe, now you get 25%. My math might be off a little bit, but who cares? You get the gist. And you put that 25% into that entity that is now charitably minded, and you have the opportunity to talk to your, your employees and say, okay, team. We have this bucket of money. Everything that you generate here is going to have X percentage of profits going into this, and I want you to help us pick which ministries we want to fund. Yeah, I was telling you earlier about the business guy, in uh, Steve Steph, down in, in Venice, and he wrote this book called The Business Card, and it documents in there how this business person, after he recognized his workplace with his mission field, he'd been successful, and all of a sudden, he goes, wow, what can I be doing? And he set up exactly one of those foundations where his employees were in charge of disseminating the money out of that foundation into ministries and charities that were at the passion of their hearts. Yeah, you've got to lead people. You can't tell them what to do. you got, you got to lead them. And oftentimes, you, you know, that happens when the leader, you, the business owner, the organization, steps up to the plate and says, I'm going to be the example, and here's how we're going to do it. I love that concept because what it not only does it make the owner um, participate in ministry, but then you're being that example and that mentor to everybody that's working for you to say, there's more than just earning a paycheck here. Right. What can we give? What can we, how can we minister to other people and spread the gospel? Yeah, you know, the biggest thing, Martha, that I, I think is holding business owners back is go back to that crown principle that teaches us the crown financial ministry says, you know, we don't own it. Mm-hmm. And as business owners, you know, most of the business owners are type A or they're, they're you know, they own it. Uh, me, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have built fire, you know, that kind <laughs> of fire. And it's really not yours because when you leave this earth, you're going to leave without it. So what kingdom impact can you have with that business? Mm-hmm. Because it, it really is a tool that you can you, you're already in the ministry. Just recognize it. And, and there are many other techniques, you know, Jim, tactically we can talk about. Well, you know, I think what's really important is just that it, it's the paradigm shift that I talk about at the beginning of every show that a lot of people haven't even heard it from the pulpit yet at the churches where they attend that they've been given a gift of talents that, that God has specifically built into them. Just like he gave, I always forget the guy's name, Baziel or the guy that built the Ark of the Covenant who said, Moses, well, who's, who's supposed to build all this stuff? Don't worry. I already equipped this guy. He's good with metal, good with wood, good with fine linen. Don't worry about it. Well, each one of us as business people has been equally equipped in a specific talent. And a lot of times we don't recognize that God built that into our DNA. 
and that we're supposed to use that for his glory that we don't that it's not that we need to go do something else is that he's made us successful in what we're doing mm-hmm. well if you wait on your pastor and i love my pastor to death i attend bayside community church down in in uh, lakewood ranch uh, randy Bazette's the pastor great guy if i waited on him to give me business principles and the things that we're talking about today it would never happen he has to trust in the people that are around him and in, in the business owners that are around him to step up and lead in the area that'd be like asking some of the business owners to preach on sunday you know they'd they'd probably rather take a beating than preach on sunday so we're all equipped not equally but we're all equipped to be a part of the body and it's time to step up as business owners we we could eliminate so much of the garbage that's out there by standing up and doing something with the tools and talents we've already been blessed with not worry about okay how do i get out of this business so i can go to you know africa and don't get me wrong people are called to africa i'm not saying not to Mm -hmm. go but those of us who aren't called to go are called to support and called to make an impact and give the people who are called to go more horsepower. Well, I used to open up a show and say, hey, some people are called to the pulpit. Some people are called to the, the foreign mission field, but the majority of us are called to our cubicles. Mm-hmm. And that's really the majority of us go every day to work. And, and a lot of times our churches don't recognize that that work um, is our is a mission field. And really in that mission field, because so few people today as a percentage are attending the churches, that's a place where people are going to meet Jesus. But they're going to meet Jesus through you and me and Martha and Tana. That's where they're going to meet him. You know, one of the other cool things that you that we do is if, if I can disinherit Washington, D.C., if I can do tax planning, I go back to my kingdom advisor brothers and sisters that work in this. If we can do tax planning, disinherit the government who's not being a good steward of our money, and, and we take that tax gain, that, that recaptured tax that we'd normally send to D.C. and put it to kingdom use, that's that's awesome. That, that And that's just one more thing that you can practically do. You know, it just was making me think about the concept that we have had where we say, you know, there are business people that are very good. Like you said, they invest 20, 30 years doing what they do and learning how to do it well. And then you have ministries often overseas who need those talents where you can invest in those missionaries and teach them what you've been learning to help their ministry be more successful wherever they are as well. So there's, there's a real partnership there that can happen with people if they really see that the gifts and the talents and the skills that they've been honing through the grace of God um, can be used to teach other people how to do things better. Well, and really what you're talking about is the vision of, of I work for him that God laid in my heart that, you know, the average business person, Mark, is gifted in in uh, administration, organization, management, and finance. They're gifted in those things. And the average pastor or missionary is gifted in teaching evangelism and discipleship. So they have very different different gifting sets. And as you, as you said earlier, most pastors and missionaries are not gifted in what business people are, are gifted in. And most business people are not gifted in what missionaries and pastors are gifted in. If we could get them to disciple each other, to appreciate each other's gifts and to work together. And really, you know, it's something I've been saying for years is that the, the money hidden, the money for completing the mission, the, the great commission is hidden in the pockets and in the balance sheets of small businesses, Christian small businesses across the globe. A- absolutely. And I talk to businesses every day that are focused on, you know, I got to put money in my retirement plan. Well, think about that. You're putting money into a qualified plan uh, for the purposes that you can live on it later. I challenge you that that's probably 
not the best use of your money. Why? Because you're putting money into a plan that the government's going to tell you how much you owe and when you're going to pay it back because they have the ability to raise the tax you know, thresholds and the tax rates. So there, there are special tools that we have and we use that you, you can still fund your retirement but have a different mindset. I go back to that slice of the pie. All the things that you thought to be true because that's what everybody tells us to do. And the next thing you know... Uh, you, you realize, man, I didn't know that. I, w- I wish I didn't. That goes back to my question. When do you want to know it's hmm. not true? So why don't you deal with some of those those things that are myths, some of those things that people think they know, that all of a sudden you re- you, you're telling them, nah, you really have the wrong. What are some of those specific items that people get wrong pretty consistently that that you need to tell them the truth? What, what are some of those things? Well, one of the big ones is, and this is, this will be a very controversial. Yeah, we like controversy here on the I Work Ram Show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. Is it political? No, it's not. Okay, politi- well, it's not political okay. at, at all. But when you think about a business, most businesses, and and my caveat here is, I'm going to use a couple words. Don't the, dance around the it. The just proper, get right to it. Wait a minute. The proper use of this. Most businesses use leverage to grow the business. Mm-hmm. It's a multiplying of the talent. So when you have a delta against what you're paying in interest and what you can grow and get a return on, uh, that's profit. And if I can use leveraged money, other people's capital, in a, in a correct way, I'm not saying going into debt. I'm saying use leveraged capital. A business owner has an opportunity to do that. The number one place a business owner can put their invest in, investment dollars, and you know we manage money. Nepsis Capital Management manages money. That's what we do. But the number one place a business owner can invest is back in their own business. Why? They know it. They understand it. They understand the risk. They've done it for, how we talked, 20, mm-hmm. 25 years. They know it. That's the best place. So if I can plow my money back in, I can use leverage capital to do other things like take care of me in the future for retirement. How much more can I free up to give in, in a charitable entity of some kind? You know, you gotta, you got to get a team together. What more could I do that I never thought I could that would be possible and make a kingdom impact. You know, one of the things that I think is is recognizing though that we learned in Crown Financial Ministries was to put a cap on it. Because as as a you know, I, I live in America. There's if I could make as much money as I want to make, you know, technically if I had the right job I could make as much money as I want to make. But a lot of times Christ followers don't recognize the fact that okay, they keep making a lot of money and they don't ever cap how much they're going to spend. They just keep spending and spending and spending and spending. I'm not talking on and reinvesting in your business. I'm talking about bigger houses, faster cars, you know, fancier stuff. And, and, and there's a certain level of how much is enough? And we all know the answer to that question. Just a little bit more. Yeah, but so, that's my radio voice. Uh, you know, the understanding that it's not all for us, that God is blessing us so that we can bless other people. Absolutely. And, you know, those the, the stuff uh, can put you in an, an environment or an opportunity where you can have greater impact with like-minded people. So you think about all the folks out there who don't know Christ. That's that an perfect. argument I've heard said before. Well, they're, they're I don't bit, know if I agree with it. So, well, I mean, how much money do you got to spend to get in front of people you really want to influence? Well, I go back to that little slice of the pie, oh, my good friend Jimmy. And, you know, that's the, the you know... Birds of a feather flock together. Okay. So if you're a Christian business owner who is successful, your your ministry is also to your uh, the peers in your business area, wherever you are, your community, uh, to witness to them. And uh, a lot of folks don't ever have the opportunity to even get in the room. You do. So you're already in the mission field. You're you're stuck. <laughs> I love that. You know, it is, it's such a challenge, but just to be able to sit back, let's give some practical examples of things that people can do to recognize that, hey... 
instead of thinking, maybe I should just sell it all, we'll take the money, and we'll go cruise around the world for a year or you know, take a sailboat trip, let's get practical things. Somebody's successful. Maybe they're a little tired of the day-to-day. Let's give some practical things they can do today to start investing in the kingdom. Let's be practical. Uh, well, I mean, that's... You're opening Pandora's box. I understand. Well, no, we're, I'm opening an un. An, there's. I know there's not just one answer here. Well, you know, the place to start is with your heart. Pandora's box is a negative thing. Uh, it's it is I, in that one movie. Well, well, I can't remember which one it was. They, the people died opening Pandora's box. We're not. We're not talking about. It. We're talking about. It's. We got lots of possibilities here. We. They're endless. Uh, and it goes back to that slice of the pie, the things you think are true that end up not being true. There are so many opportunities you have for planning. So I, I, I go back to the leverage. Uh, people think, you know, I want to be debt-free. I want to pay off my house. And we're talking to people who are business owners who correctly use leverage. Uh, and I would argue that there is a way, and I can demonstrate this mathematically. We already said that God's math, God created math, so... You know, he created leverage. He created it all. It's how you use it. But I think the number one thing is to go back to to the heart issue and and not have a mindset of, okay, uh, I'm done with this. I'm weary. I'm tired. But say, okay, God, you gave me this business. You've blessed me with it. Now, how where do you want me to take this? I'm the steward of this. Where do you want me to go with this? And there are resources, and, and this is a journey. You know, there are, I can't give you a black and white answer quick. It's a journey, and, and my encouragement is you start the journey. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and there are so many resources, Martha. We have, I mean, you run a Christian bookstore, yeah, and, and we have uncovered countless resources. One of the greatest ways is, I mean, Halftime is one of those resources. Halftime Ministry is one of those. Identity and Destiny is mm-hmm. another really, really good one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of, because it really helps you to become self-aware of how God's created you and, and put you together and how you can invest. One of the things I thought of was just being able to invest your time in your people when you're ready to slow down a little bit with the day-to-day, but do more mentoring of the people that God's entrusted to you. Amen. All right, we're talking with Mark Clark. Martha and I have been just grilling him. Yeah, not really. <laughs> but really, I want to end this time, Mark, with practical examples. You know, we've got we've got Christian business people that are out there listening. Some people are maybe not business owners, but they're leaders, supervisors, making a a decent living out there, and they're going, okay, I don't need to buy a bigger house. I really want to make an impact on the kingdom. What are some things I can do? And really, I will tell you that God has given you the talents and the talents that you've got, that you've been given, spiritual gifts and otherwise are applicable on the mission field, whether that mission field is here in Tampa Bay or on the other side of the world, and that we need to invest, find a kingdom impactful ministry, a ministry that is really leading people to Christ and leading disciple people in Christ and invest in that not only with your cash, but your time. But Mark, and you're worried, you you think too much like a financial planner, you you think, oh, I don't want to... Right? Okay. So, but on the air, we're just talking about giving practical examples. We're not attorneys, we're not CPAs, you still will need to contact them to get exact advice. Mark. You know, one of the, this is a simple, and my problem is you're right. You know, my goal is to sit down with people and get to know you and then, right. you know, help you solve your problem. Well, you're never going to meet these people face to face. Unfortunately not. Well, maybe fortunately for them. Well, maybe. But you, you never know. But here is a, this is a challenge, and, and this isn't black and white and it's not a box, but there's a tool out there, going back to my good friends at National Christian Foundation, there, and there are other organizations that can do this. But, um, you know, you talk all the time with your employees. You have a retirement plan. Uh, you have a 401k and you do a match 
and you do that match and in all honesty the business owner doesn't do the match for tax purposes they do the match because it's good for their employees they mm-hmm. care about their people retention yeah the, the tax benefit the business owner gets for that really doesn't that's not why they're doing it so here's my challenge at national christian foundation they have a tool called the donor advised fund and a donor advised fund is a simple easy free account that when you deposit money into that donor advised fund you've now created a charitable charitable gift and you get the tax deduction the minute you put the money in it that money can sit there and can be sprinkled out uh, throughout the year or the next year in fact it could sit in there for five or six years if it really if you really wanted to till you felt you know the opportunity to give it uh, one thing that I, that i've talked to some business owners about is having a match for any employee that has a donor advised fund and match that donor advised fund and that's a cool thing you know you tell them you know if you'll put a hundred dollars in i'll match ten dollars and you can put a cap on it. But that's a practical way to get your people, your employees, number one, you're demonstrating, number two, you're leading, and number two, you're, or number three, you're, I can't count, you're fostering. <laughs> your financial planner, you know. <laughs> you're fostering an environment of giving. And, mm-hmm. you know, until somebody leads. Those are, that was, I like that. Fostering an environment of giving throughout your organization. Absolutely. You know, if everything your employees create in your business has a kingdom impact, uh, you know, everybody's rowing the boat in the same direction. You know, there are all kind of things we can come up with, all kind of opportunities. And, and, you know, it's a it's an empty canvas. Let's paint the picture. Well, and really, Martha, isn't it that that, that as business owners and, and business leaders, we need to recognize that our success comes from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And we need to be asking the questions. As Mark, you said, just take a moment or two. Have some quiet time. Say, Lord, you've given me success. What now do you want me to do with it? Yeah, I think the danger is so many people um, get so busy working in their business that they even forget to, um, let alone be thankful for it, but to plan and to think, how am I going to use these resources that God's given me? Yeah, yeah, people spend more time planning their vacation than they do their finances. So mm-hmm. Vacation. I can't hardly wait. Boy, we... We got a cruise coming up, baby. Cruise your way to a better marriage. We still have openings. That's right. That's right. Found online on iWorkForHim.com. We still got some openings. We got a marriage cruise coming up in a couple of weeks. All right, we're coming to the end of another I Work For Him show. I'd like you to just take a moment. If you're not sure whether you're a Christ follower or not, and you know you notice that I don't use the word Christian. Too many people don't even know what that means. I'm saying, have you... Has your life been impacted by Jesus Christ? Because you'd know. Because when my life was impacted by Christ, I was never the same again. And that's the way it was in Scripture. So if you've had an encounter with Christ, but your life hasn't been radically altered, then let's talk about that. And if you're not sure what it really means to be a Christ follower and how to recognize the need for a Savior... Send me an email, jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iwork, the number four, him.com. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I work for him.